Today's year begins at the Mishnah that you find at the top of Daf Mem Aleph. Before we begin the actual text, we glance at the side where we have a, no say, a topic heading, which reads, Tashlumim Shoinim, different payments. Chelik Mehem Mishalem Api Hoidoso, some of them he will pay even if he happens to admit to guilt. The Chelik Mehem Hamoide Bohem Potter, and some of them, when he admits to having sinned or having committed whatever as a result of his confession he will actually be exempt from the otherwise necessary payment the Mishnah a person says I seduced the daughter of so and so and he mentions the name of the father based on his confession he'll pay the Boshes and Pagam payments. The Boshes is payment for the embarrassment, Pagam for the depreciation. The Ain Mishalim Knas, but the fine, the 50 Shekel Kesef payment, is not going to be paid since he admitted his wrongdoing. Before we continue, we glance at the top. The Eino Mishan Knas, second line in Rashi, second line from the top, the Bovakama, Nafgalon in the tractate Bovakama, we learn that Moidib Knas Potter, that one who confesses to having committed an act that would be Chayev, that would be obligated, that would obligate one to pay Knas, he is thereby exempt. Where is that learned from? Measher Yarshun Elohim, from that Posset, Pratlim Arshia Satsmo, where the the Torah says someone who was uh, sentenced was condemned by the judges indicating that only if the judges found him guilty would he have to pay but if he implicated himself he would not be guilty we we turn back to the Mishnah a person says I committed a theft in a stealthful fashion. Mishalim is a Karen al Piatmo, based on his uh, self implication, he uh, pays the principal. The Ain Mishalim Tashlume Kefel the Tashlume Abravachamisha. But he doesn't pay the Kefel, which is the additional payment uh, if the item is worth ten dollars. Uh, standard Kefel uh, payment requirement would say you have to compensate the uh, owner $20. But since he admitted on his own to having committed the Geneva, he doesn't pay that extra amount, nor does he pay the multiple four or five time payment that would have had to been paid had he been condemned, uh, had he been convicted by the courts as not only stealing but also uh, slaughtering or selling the animal in question. But once he admits that he did that, uh, that he stole and slaughtered it, or stole and sold the animal, he will be exempt, and all he has to pay is the principal. Hamis Shori Esploni, a man confesses that his ox killed a person, and as a result of that, there's a payment that may, needs to be made called kofer, the kofer payment. So a person confesses that his ox killed so-and-so, oh, 
Shoro Shel Ploni, or that his animal killed someone else's animal, Hareza Mishali Malpi Atzmo, he has to pay, he has to make those payments. This uh, Mishnah is of the opinion that the Kofar payment is a financial restitution as opposed to a fine. Hamis Shori Avdoi Shoploni, if a person says that my animal killed the slave of so and so, and the Torah says that for the for the death of a slave at the hands of someone's animal, uh, or at the horns of someone's animal, you have to pay 30 shekel. That's a fixed Torah amount. It's called a knas. And therefore, ein mishalem al pi atzmo. He does not pay when upon his own confession. Zehaklal, the following is the rule. Kol ha-mishalem yeser al ma-shehizik. Eino mishalem al pi Any type of payment that uh, exceeds the market value of the uh, either loss or damage, that kind of payment that exceeds the actual value, one would not pay if he confesses to having been guilty of it. The Gemara asks, Valisni Onasni, why not teach uh, about a person who comes forth and says, I raped so-and-so. The Torah mentions that for rape, one has to pay Hamishim Shekel Kesef, 50 pieces of silver for committing a rape. That too is in the realm of a knas. And just like someone who confessed uh, PTC, on the first line of the Mishnah, uh, he's exempt from the knas, the, the fixed 50 Shekel sum. Why not have this featured also in the Mishnah? So the Gemara answers. You're right, it could have been in the Mishnah. Lo Mibaya Komar. The structure of the Mishnah is in the Lo Mibaya fashion. Lo Mibaya means I don't have to tell you. Lo Mibaya on Nasti. I don't have to tell you that that case where the Lo Kapogim law, where he's not, let's say, deprecating her, he's not insulting her by his having said, I raped her. There's no. Uh, let's say, creation of ill reputation of the girl, which is in stark distinction, contrast to the case of someone who says, I seduced the girl. When once someone says, I seduced her, I mean, she actually went along with the act willingly. That is quite embarrassing. But if a person says, I, I raped so-and-so, where there isn't pagam, the where he has to pay the embarrassment amount and the pagam, the depreciation amount, based on his word. That's obvious. Avol pitisi, but where he says I seduce someone, so which is the case that the Mishnah featured, the kapogim law. By saying that he is. He is um, deprecating her. He is um, vilifying her. Maybe in such a case where a person comes forth on his own with that information, we shouldn't believe him. Because it's believing him is also at the expense of someone else. So, uh, but by the fact that we, as the Mishnah teaches, we accept payment from him, that only strengthens what he is saying. 
So let's read that again in the Gemara. Maybe we shouldn't accept payment once he confesses, because that only strengthens uh, his story, which ends up uh, um, insulting and, and vilifying the girl. The Mishnah tells us the following uh, novel point, that we do accept the boshes and pagan payment when a person confesses to having seduced, even though it in fact comes at the expense of someone else's good name. Masnisen delo ki haitana. The Mishnah that we learned is not in accordance with the following opinion. Tasanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Yudo, Mishum Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, the son of Yehuda, tells us in the name of Rabbi Shimon, Even those payments, the payment for embarrassment and depreciation, he will not pay if he confesses that he seduced so-and-so. It's not within his power to uh, deprecate and vilify the daughter of so-and-so. A question. Omar Lay Rav Popola Baye. And you'll notice we have a double line series marking on the side of the Gemara. Under the Nosei Mivne heading, a double underline is featured, highlighting the word Nicha. The Reb Shimon Dieno Meshalem Gam Boishes Begam Shal Mefuta Apiatsmo. According to Reb Shimon, that in addition to the Knast that he won't have to pay with his self confession, so too the Boishes Begam payment he will not make. Kadeshal Aliv Goim. Ball, so as not to vilify her. What are you going to say is the law if she is willing to bear the insult and vilification simply to make some money, to get the money that, uh, that, sh- that ought to be paid? Will Rib Shimon change his mind or, or view that case differently? So that's uh, Rav Papa's question to Abai. What happens if she doesn't mind? It's, it's all right for her that he says these things. At least she gets money out of it. The Gemara says that's not going to change the picture. Maybe it's not pleasing to her father the story that uh, this guy is telling about his having seduced the fellow's daughter. What about if her if her father is also uh, willing and accepting of the story? Will he then uh, will will Rav Shimon say that then he, he the uh, offender has to pay? Dilma lo It's still uh, we won't <coughs> accept payment from we won't expect him to pay because that still uh, lends a, a bad name uh, reduces the. Uh, reputation of the uh, extended family. That within their family they have a, a relative that uh, yielded to seduction. What about What if uh, her family uh, doesn't mind? They're, it's acceptable to them that the story is being told. And uh, Would Rav Shimon say the guy would then have to pay? The says no. It's impossible that there isn't some member of this family, they may be abroad, far away, but that finds this unpleasant. So, as far as Rip Shimon is concerned, we're just not going to heed the confession of someone who says, 
PTC as Vita Shemploni, not only with regard to uh, the non Knas payment, but also with regard to the Boshes Gam, no payment, so as not to uh, give any credence to his story. On the side of the Gemara, under the no say the topic heading, we've written the following Chatsi Nezek. Chatsi Nezek means half damage payment. A uh, an animal, let's feature the classic case of an ox. An ox that gores and creates through the goring he uh, uh, creates damage uh, uh, um, depreciation in uh, the injured animal. The first uh, time, the second time, the third time the animal gores the uh, payment that's made is called chatzinezek, half payment. The fourth time that it happens, the owner will have to pay full damages. That's in a a very general uh, way of explaining the difference between chatzinezek and nezek shalem, full damages. There are more uh, relevant points of distinction that will come up in the course of the discussion in the Gemara. The topic, though, as we indicate here, is is that type of payment, the chatsi nezek. Once again, you're not paying the actual value of the damage. You're paying half the value. So it's not a payment that corresponds to the actual damage that resulted. How do we view that? Is it viewed as a mamon type payment, a basic financial form of restitution, or is it a fine? What difference does it make how you classify it? So <laughs> there's a very big difference, and that's exactly what the Mishnah was featuring, and that is if you come forth on your own with the information. If you come forth and say, my animal, which is been known to be a very docile animal, never gored, or maybe once or twice, if, if you come forth with a story that it gored, uh, thereby raising the possibility of paying half damages, would you have to pay? Because you told the story. You weren't uh, convicted or, uh, 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 um, or found guilty by a court. Do you have to pay? Chatsi Nezek. Now we turn to the Gemara, Homer, Ganafti, Mishan, Sakaran, Vichule. The Mishnah went on to speak about the exemption of paying the Kefel, the, the Arba Bachamisha, the four or five times. Itmar, Palgonisko. What about when it comes to the half payment, when a short tam, when a, uh, a non goring type animal does in, fla- in fact inflict damage? And the, as we said before, that damage is called palga. Palga in Aramaic is chatsi, half nizka, half damage. Rav Papa, Rav Palga, nizka, momoyna. According to Rav Papa, it's viewed as within the realm of fi- standard financial restitution. Rav Huna, Braid, Rav Yeshua, Mar Palga, nizka, knasa. The half payment is considered in the realm of knas, not momon. In our previous year, we made a point of uh, that, that made a point that these are distinct, separate realms of halacha. The realm of 
Knas versus the realm of Mamon. So Rav Huna Rav Yeshua is of the opinion that Palginis or the Chatzinezek is a Knas type payment. And here we go over the Shitas. The Gemara uh, elaborates each on each Shita. Rav Poblam or Palginiska Mamona. The half payment is considered a financial restitution. Kosovar, Rapobas of the opinion. Stam Shvorim Lav Bechezkas Shimur Kaimiyur. Your average ox is not to be viewed as a purely docile animal. Uh, literally, it's not, it doesn't have the status of considered an animal under guard, meaning it, it's not to be expected of it that it will remain. A um, a uh, an innocent, uh, non-threatening creature, but rather your stam shvarim, your basic average ox is a damager, is a threat. Ubedinhu kule, and technically, as soon as it in, 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 it imposes uh, damage, it, it creates loss. Uh, he, the owner should pay the full amount. It's it's kind of like expected. This animal will cause damage. You should pay the full bill. The Torah, in saying that all you have to pay uh, during the initial first three times that it damages, the Torah says you pay half, it's a function of chayas. Chayas has to do with the Torah's compassion and consideration. Because the animal hasn't proven itself, hasn't established itself in, in, um, in actuality as a goring animal. Ayayid, maybe the more familiar word is mu'ad, it is uh, an animal that's established as a damaging creature. So that even though uh, your basic animal is not viewed as, 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 as purely docile and non-threatening, not so, it's, it's a damaging type creature, but it hasn't established itself as such until it gores three times. So up till that point, the, as, a, as a result of the Torah's compassion, you're getting off the hook by paying only half. But as we said, technically you should be paying the full amount. And that uh, indicates, as Rav Papa says, that the Chatzinezek payment is really a momon type payment, a, a standard form of financial restitution. Rav Huna comes from a totally opposite point of view, that the half damage that, is, that you have to pay uh, is considered knas. Kosovar, he is of the opinion, stam shvarm Basic shore, even if it's left unguarded, is considered guarded, meaning it's considered docile and a non-threatening entity. And in the event that the animal gores, you really shouldn't have to pay anything because it's something so out of the ordinary, something so unexpected. The Torah moves in and says, you've got to pay half damages. It's a fine. So as to motivate a person to watch his animal. As we said, according to Rav Papa, if one confesses that his, his uh, as of yet short time, non-goring uh, animal 
impose damage, you will have to pay, even though you confessed. Uh, Rav Huna says, no, by virtue of the fact that you came forth on your own, and, the, and it wasn't the courts that, uh, that c- um, sentenced you or convicted you on those grounds, you are off the hook. You admitted, you were moida beknas, you admitted to a knas type payment. Simon Hezek Ma Vehemis Klal. Uh, the Simon, it's a mnemonic device in order to um, remember, let's say, the upcoming sukya. And this is all based on the fact we have a highly structured Gemara ahead of us. On the side, we have a Mivnev structural note indicating that this continues till Omid Bays. The crown shape is uh, featured here. These are Nisyonois, these are attempts. We're going to try to settle this argument between Rav Pop and Rav Hunabeshua by citing sources attempting to show which, which opinion is more likely, is more correct. A triangle will figure also in our discussion. This is a ma'akav, a, an attempt to keep track of a vigorous give-and-take Gemara. The point facing up, Nisoyon lochiach shechatsi nezek momon. If you see the triangle then inverted, it's not conclusive. It doesn't prove that point. So, before we get into the Gemara text, it's advisable uh, to just over take a bird's eye view of the Gemara. The Gemara will be attempting several times. We have here four crown shapes indicating uh, four attempts to try to prove one way. And if you notice right after the source cited in number one there's a triangle with the point facing up and on the side we already sh- we already demonstrated we're going to try to show that the that Hatsinezik Mamon uh, what happens in crown number two likewise the right after the source that's cited you see a triangle with the point facing up an attempt to show that Hatsinezik is Mamon um, the same we see in case three and likewise in case four, that immediately after the crown shape, we see a triangle point facing up, indicating Chatsi Nezik Mom. But as you can readily see, there are inverted triangles as well, where the attempt will be rejected. So now the Gemara text. Tanan, Hanizik Vehamazik Betashlumen. The Mishnah says. In, uh, there in Maseches Bovakama, that the Nizik, the, we'll the victim, the one who is damaged, and the Mazik, the damager, are both participant in making the payment. What, do you, what does that mean? They're both participant in making the payment. Well, to be a little more focused, in the case of Chatzinezek, where uh, the half payment is the amount that needs to be paid. The Mishnah describes both the Nizak and the Mazik in participating in making that payment. Well, obviously, the Mazik, the owner of the damaging animal, he is paying out half damage. The, the Nizak is also said to be paying. Now, what do we mean by that? So the Gemara goes on. Very well, according to the opinion that says that the half payment is a 
is a financial standard financial form of restitution. Hainu de Shaykh Nizik Betashuman. With that, we understand that the Nizak also is said to be, say, contributing to the payment. And what we mean by that is, according to the opinion that said Chatzinezek or Palganizka is Mamon, if you go back to that point in the Gemara, it was where we had uh, Rav Popa presenting his point of view. He said that your basic ox is something that you would expect to, Im- uh, to impose damages. And he said, technically speaking, the full amount should be paid. So, technically speaking, the victim should have received the full amount. And he's not. It's as if he is, he is forgiving on the half that he otherwise should have received. So, with that approach, we understand that the Nizak, the victim, is also considered paying out. In that he's, he's uh, foregoing half of the payments that he really should have received. And according to the opinion it said that the half payment is simply a fine, which meant, technically speaking, the Nizak should have received nothing. Now that he's receiving half, which is not his, meaning it's something he, he couldn't, he, he, he didn't have a right to expect so to speak, he it wasn't coming to him. So he's receiving a he's receiving a free uh, uh, he's receiving a gift almost. He's something that wasn't coming to him. He's getting betashlum and isa. You're you're telling me that he is participant in paying out. How is that? He's getting he's getting a free he's getting a free check over here, half payment that he had no no right to expect at the outset even. So how, how, how can the source describe the Nizak as being also participant in the paying out? What, what loss is he suffering? Nothing. He's getting something that he, shouldn't, he wouldn't have expected to receive at the, big, at the outset. The Gemara answers in defense of this opinion that Patsinezik is knas. What does it mean, betashlumen, that the Nizak is betashlumen? Lo nitzrcha ela lepas nevela. What is, uh, can we give an example of this? So we have, uh, uh, taken from the Rashi, we have uh, on the side a little example. Imagine a live, a porachai, a live cow is worth a hundred, say a hundred dollars. After it's it's killed, there's a carcass. The carcass that remains is worth twenty dollars. The total loss is eighty dollars. The chatzinezik of that is $40. How much does the, what does the mazik have to pay? $40. Now, there was a carcass in the story. The uh, depreciation as a result of the damage was established at the point of actual damage. There oftentimes is a is a lapse, there's a gap in time between the actual damage and the eventual sale of the carcass. What's a person going to do with, a, with an animal carcass? He, he prefers selling it and at least get its value. By the time the carcass is sold, it may, uh, it may very well depreciate even further. 
So that a carcass that at the time of the damage was worth $20, by the time it's sold, it's worth $5. How much um, did the... How much uh, uh, was, was the, 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 uh, the Nizak, the victim, the, uh, the owner of the dead animal, how much did he actually receive? He received $40. That's Chatsi Nezek, but at the same time, there was additional depreciation that he's not getting compensated for whatsoever. That depreciation from, from a carcass worth $20 at the point of the animal's uh, death to the, to the $5 value that it was at the time that the carcass was sold, that the Nizak loses out on. Oh, that's what we mean in the source that was quoted that the Nizak is betashlumin. So that, from that standpoint, he is uh, suffering a loss. But as far as the initial chatzinezek that he received, that was a gift. Because of the opinion that says chatzinezek knas, as we explained before. So now we have this um, today source quoted at the crown number one, hanizak and the mazik betashlumen. And we explain what does the nizak betashlumen mean according to the opinion that chatzinezek knas, it's a reference to pas nevela, the additional depreciation of the animal carcass. The Gemara asks, Pas Nevela Tanina. We have another Tanaic source for that information. The other Tanaic source says, Tashlumei Nezek Melamed. Tashlumei Nezek is a quote from the Posuk in the Torah. And from the expression of uh, the, I should actually say it's a, not, I'm sorry, let me correct myself. It's a quote from a uh, Mishnah in Bovakama. That term, this teaches us that the owner of the dead animal, he is to take care of the carcass. That means eventually he will sell it and get whatever money he can from it. And that, as we said before, if any depreciation from the point of the animal's death till its actual sale, he has to absorb that. So the concept of Pasnevela is revealed in this other Tanaic source. So what do I need the original Hanizak Vamazik Betashlumen for that purpose? The Gemara answers Chada Betam Vechada Bemuad I need to be taught this idea that the owner of the of the victimized animal has to absorb this loss, both in the case where it was damaged by a docile animal, a tam or by a muad, by a known goring type animal. Utsricha means I need to be told in both cases that the owner of the uh, victim, victimized animal has to absorb that loss. The e ashmeinan tam had the Torah taught that in the case of tam, mishumda kati lo ayayid. The, uh, the, the, um, um, Damager, the uh, um, threatening animal, uh, hasn't established itself yet as a muad. That's the akati lo ayayid. Akati means it still hasn't become ayayid muad. And therefore, we will go light on the, uh, the owner and not expect him to compensate for any carcass depreciation. Avo muad, where the offending animal the attacking animal was a muad, 
die. I had it's already been uh, proven and demonstrated that it is a known goring animal. Amolo, I would have thought that such a case we will charge the owner of such an animal. After all, he hasn't been very successful in watching his animals, so let him pay for the depreciation as well. So, therefore, it's not enough for me to tell me about the um, the attacking uh, owner exemption just in the case of Tom. The Yashmin and Muad, had I taught the exemption in the case of Muad, the exemption of the owner compensating the victim uh, for the carcass depreciation, basically the victim there is getting practically full compensation. And, and, and that's enough. You know, it's, an, it's enough that he gets full compensation from the uh, original value of the animal to, it, to, the, to, uh, what, to, the, to we'll say that difference between its original value and the value of the carcass at the time of its death. Avol tam emolo, but uh, the in the case of the tam that uh, was responsible for the death of the uh, cow, where the owner of the uh, victimized animal is only getting half damages, maybe under those circumstances the the uh, attacking the attacking animal's owner should compensate for the carcass depreciation. Tzricha, therefore I have to tell you that in that case also, where all that he's paying out is chatzinezek, the owner of the attacking animal is not responsible for any aspect of carcass depreciation. Toshma. We try again to settle the machlokis regarding chatzinezek. Is it knas or momon? So we, the, we have this Tanaic source. It says, Ma bain tam lemuad. What is the difference between the uh, tam payment and the muad payment? Shatam mishalem chatzin nezek mikufo. The owner of the tam attacking animal will pay half damages, but only up to the value of the animal itself. Which would mean, for example, if a uh, imagine a an animal valued at a hundred dollars kills an animal worth a thousand dollars. Now the chatzinezek there, just for keeping things to keep things simple, is five hundred dollars. The attacking animal was was worth altogether just one hundred dollars. So the payment of chatzinezek migufo means you'll pay maximum half damages, but not an amount that will, that will exceed the value of the animal itself. And in, in the case we gave, rather with an with a, uh, extreme discrepancy, the uh, victim will receive not any more than $100 in compensation. So he's going to be losing uh, a lot of money. If, even in terms of the Chatzinezek, he's, his, the Chatzinezek was valued in our example of $500, he's going to receive compensation of $100, and that's it. And Muad Mishale Nezek Shalem, the Muad pays full damages, Min Aliyah. means from, not from the, not based on the animal, the attacking animal's value, but from any property 
that the owner of the attacking animal may possess, all of that is subject to serving as compensation for the damage. So the Tanakh source we just read points out the difference between Tam and Muad. The Lokotani, it doesn't say in this source another difference. It doesn't say Shatam that in the case of a tam uh, damage, the uh, owner, if he confesses, will be exempt. In the case of muad, he'll have to pay. That would be a very nice distinction, but the source doesn't say that. What does that show us then? That, that that's, not a, that's not a point of distinction. That just like in the case of muad, he'll have to pay through, uh, based on his own confession, so too in the case of Tom, he'll have to pay out. What does that indicate? That Chatsi Nezek is Momoin. So here we have crown number two, initially trying to show Chatsi Nezek Momoin. The more tries to answer, it says, Tona Vashir, listen, this source told us a difference between Tom and Wood. There are other differences. It just left, and it, and it, it, it taught this difference that migufa uh, versus minualio, like we read, and it, but it left out this as it left this out. It it could have been taught, just it left it out. It was it was not an exhaustive list of differences, so that not only is the issue of migufo minualio a difference, but also alpiatsmo uh, will he pay alpiatsmo is also a point of difference. In the case of Mu'ad, he'll pay Al-Piyatsmo. In the case of Tami, won't pay Al-Piyatsmo, showing us that Chatsi Nezek is Knas, and Chatsi Nezek, and then Knas, when one confesses it, is in fact exempt. Now, throughout the Shas, you find this kind of answer, that a source taught what it did, but it was not an exhaustive list. In order to answer such an answer, it's not enough that only one point was left out. If you want to say that a source is, is represents a list of items and it taught one and left out others, it can be that can be stated only if two or more points were left out. So therefore the Gemara asks, my shear the high shear, what else was left out? of this source to enable you to give this answer of Tana Vashir that the source was simply incomplete. The Gemara answers, Shir Chatsi Kofer, it left out this point called Chatsi Kofer. First of all, Kofer is a payment made when a person's animal kills a Jew. And we say a Jew as opposed to killing a slave. Killing a Jew, if, a, uh, if an animal uh, let's say a, a known goring animal <coughs> kills a Jew. There's he has to pay the the value of the dead victim. That payment is called kofer. This uh, Tanaic source features the differences between tam and wood. So uh, we said uh, there are differences. One of the differences was stated in the source itself: migufo uh, versus mialio. In order to defend Rav Huna Brev Yeshua that Chatzinezik is Knas, we have to say it, that also could have been taught that Chatzinezik will, will not be paid if the fellow confesses, and, and more payment will be made if he confesses. 
What else was left out in order for us to be able to say that? Uh, this was left out. That if it's a Tom that kills a Jew, he will not have to pay anything. That's what uh, Chatsi Kofer, Chatsi literally means half Kofer, meaning the Tom will not pay Chatsi Kofer. He won't pay anything. And the Muad will have to pay Kofer. The Gemara asks, E Mishum Chatsi Kofer, if if you're going to rely on on uh, Chatsi Kofer as being, we'll say, the ultimate defense of Rav Huna's position, Lav Shiura Hu. No, sorry, that's not considered an example of something that was left out of this of the list of distinctions. Ha money, Rabbiosiaglili, the source, and we're at the top of Omid Bays. We just reached the top of Omid Bays. This source that said Ma Bain Tamamud is authored by Rabbiosiaglili Diomar Tam Mishalem Hatzikofer. In fact, the Tam does pay Hatzikofer just like it pays Hatzinezek. In other words, when the source said in the original text, Ma Bain Tamamud, Shatam Mishalem Hatzinezek, Included in that is the payment of Hatsi Kofer. So that the the issue of Kofer is not an additional point of difference. So that um, at this point then the uh, the direction that uh, crown number two has taken would be a we'll say a direction where it's it's like say more comfortable to uh, uh, assume like Rav Papa. Because if you're going to learn like Rav Huna Rav Yeshua, and you want to say that uh, that the distinction between Al Piatzmo, um, yes, paying Al Piatzmo versus not paying Al Piatzmo, that in the case of Mu'ad, you'll pay Al Piatzmo, in the case of Tom, pay Al, not pay Al Piatzmo, that distinction, uh, if you want it to have also been taught, you would have had to find something else that could have been taught as a distinction and also left out. We don't have an example of that at this point. Making things a little difficult for uh, Rav Huna, Breder of Yeshua. We continue. Toshma, second line from the top of, Omid, of Mem Aleph Omid Beis. Hamish Shori as Ploni, O Ploni. A person confesses that his uh, ox killed somebody or killed someone's animal. He must pay. My love, betam. Is it not so that this is talking about a case of the tam animal? And the fact is that he has to pay on his own word. That means that it's not a knas. It's mamon, like Rav Papa. Lo, b'muad. This source is talking about a muad. A muad, everyone agrees, is a, a a regular mamon payment. Therefore, if you confess that you that your animal uh, uh, killed some animals, you have to pay the full payment. Avol, betam mai. We we ask if uh, if we were dealing with a tam, what would the halacha be? According to uh, the uh, the direction that you're trying to take uh, in order to defend uh, Ravuna Rav Yeshua, you're going to have to say the Tam would then uh, would not pay Al Piatzmo. Well, then we have a question. Aditoni Seifa instead of the Seifa, the end of the source 
saying when the source wants to feature an exemption based on one's confession confession it cites the case of someone confessing that one's animal killed someone's slave in that case so there's exemption you confessed the slave payment was 30 shekel we've learned that uh, quite recently and you're confessing that your animal committed a slave murder so you don't have to pay instead of the Seifa teaching that if Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua is correct Nifloi Venisni Bedida stay within the realm of animal damages instead of going to the case of slave damages stay within the realm of animal damages like when you're focusing on the victim stay within the realm of animal victims and say and make a distinction as follows when will you have to pay based on your own confession if the animal that you own is a a known damaging established uh, damaging creature if Ravuna Rav Yeshua is correct, that's what it should have said. But if the animal that's the attacking animal is a is a tam, then you wouldn't have to pay al piatsmo. But the source doesn't teach that. Hence, that's a problem for Ravuna Rav Yeshua. The Gemara answers in his defense: Kula bemuad kamairi. This source wasn't interested in in. Um, in uh, featuring anything that had to do with a tam. It wanted to tell us all halachas regarding a mu'ad animal and its damages. And if you're focusing not on the victim, so to speak, but you're focusing on the damager, and you want to show a distinction when even in the case of a mu'ad, there will be exemption, that is true, only in the case of a person confessing that his muad animal killed someone's slave. So that as far as uh, far as Huna Rav Yeshua is concerned, it's true that if Tom uh, was the damaging creature and the person confessed that the Tom imposed damage, he would be exempt. But that wasn't the agenda of this source. The agenda was to focus on a muad animal. Number four. Toshma, Zehaklal. We learned this in our Mishnah. Kol hamashalem yeser al mashehizik, eno mashalem al pi atzmo. Any form of payment that exceeds the actual value of the damage, so that kind of payment one will not pay based on his own confession on al pi atzmo. What are we to learn from here? So we can make a deal. We can infer. When is it that you don't pay al piatsmo? When the amount in question exceeds the actual value of the damage. Ha pachos piatsmo. If the amount is less than the actual damage, and you confess to that, you will have to pay based on your confession. What's an example of pochos mimashizik? Obviously, the case of chatsi nezik. So a person says, my, my tam animal uh, imposed the uh, damage on, on your uh, creature. Well, you have to pay. 
That shows that chasi nezek mamon. If it were knas, you would be exempt. The Gemara answers in defense of Rav Huna Rav Yeshua, Loi Tema, don't read the Mishnah as, don't make your inference as we did, Ha Pochos Mimashizik, that when it comes to uh, having to pay, if it's Pochos, you'll have to pay, Ela but when you read the source with its inference, you read as follows, Ha Kemo Shizik, Mishalem Al Piatsmo. The Mishnah teaches when the damage exceeds the value of the actual damage and you confess to that, you won't have to pay that additional amount. However, if the payment is a payment only to the tune of what the value of the damage is, it matches the value of the damage, then you will have to pay al piasmo. So that would then leave room for us to still think like Rav Huna Yeshua, that if it were less than the actual market value of the damage, you would not have to pay because it's knas. So that leads us into a question now. Uh, the question lasts a couple of lines. Avol pochos mai. But if the amount that you'd be expected to pay is less than the actual value of the damage, what's the, what's the law going to be then? Do you want to say that he won't have to pay? Listening then, grammatically or linguistically, the source, the Mishnah should have said, The following is the rule. Any type of payment that doesn't match the actual value of the damage, He wouldn't have to pay. By saying it that way, that would include damages that are less, like chatzinezek, or amounts that are more that you wouldn't have to pay. But it doesn't say that. Tiufta, this then results in our, we'll say, refuting the opinion that chatzinezek is knas. Because as far as we're concerned, since the source didn't say Kemoshi Hizik, only then do you pay Al Piatsmo, but rather it said only if it's Yeser Al Hizik, you don't have to pay. But if it's Pochosmi Mashi Hizik, like Chatzinezik, you will have to pay based on your confession. That's a problem for Avuna Brev Yeshua. And now we have one of the biggest surprises in the Shas. And the Gemara rules that half Nezek payment is in fact Knas. The Gemara asks the most obvious question, You just refuted the position and now you're ruling like that which you refuted? The Gemara says, In. You got it right there. You're not seeing double or you're thing. That's right. That's exactly what we're saying. That the halach is chatsi nezek nas. But we're not leaving you like, just like that. We're going to explain. Time or my itosif. Why did the, uh, the Gemara suggest a refutation? Or what, what, was, what exactly was the refutation? Mishum delo katoni kemoshi hizik. Because of the linguistic factor, because the Mishnah didn't read that any payment that's not equal to the actual market value of the damage, uh, you don't have to pay al piatsmo. 
lo psicole. It couldn't have read like that. In other words, the suggestion for the Mishnah to have said, uh, as we saw just a couple lines up, uh, uh, stating a rule that uh, if you're if you're not paying a an amount that matches the actual value, you would be exempt. That that statement is is not exact. It's lo psicole. There is a payment called Chatzinezik Tzoros. Chatzinezik, everyone knows by now, that means half payment. Tzoros is a reference to pebbles. As an animal walks along in its normal course of behavior, normal animal striding, um, uh, let's imagine it works so it's walking on a dirt road or on a, an unpaved surface. Pebbles will be uh, will be cast forth from under foot, from under the animal's feet. The animal's weight uh, it, and, and plodding on stones it, it it thereby causes stones to be hurled at a distance, and those stones can cause damage. The Gemara adds the Hilchus law. That payment is an oral. There's an oral tradition concerning that payment. The mamonahu. That's a mamon payment. It doesn't reflect the actual damage. If let us say an animal is walking along, and uh, a stone is cast out from underfoot and it breaks a twenty-dollar window pane, the halach is that the owner will have to pay ten dollars. If the owner comes forth and says, "My animal did that," he'll have to pay it. Because of what the Gemara just said, it's a halachal emotionisinai. This is an oral tradition that that's called a mamon payment. Therefore, the Mishnah could not have said that any payment that doesn't reflect the actual damage and a person confesses it, he'll be exempt. Because there is this example. This is an example of a payment that doesn't reflect the actual damage, and you will have to pay based on your confession. Now that we've established that halacha, in other words, the Gemara ruled like Ravuna Brev Yeshua that Chatzinezek Knas. Uh, hi, we have a double underline. Uh, one of our series markings on the side under the Mivne heading Sidrashel Halachas Lefimas Gonas Gemara. There's a series of halachas. Now there are numerous details that we're going that the Gemara will reveal. So instead of us giving a, a, an introduction to the section, we'll just let the Gemara unfold a series of halachas that result from this conclusion that Chatzinezek Knas. And uh, if you remember when we uh, introduced Rav Huna that is a reflection of, we'll say, the, the unusual. The animal was expected to be docile. It was expected not to create any damage. If it did damage, so pay, and we said that's just to motivate the owner to watch it a little better. But it was something very unexpected. With that in mind, High Kalba de Ochal Imri, a dog that eats a sheep, or a cat that eats a large chicken. Mishunehu, it's it's unusual. 
it's unusual and will we'll, uh, we'll, uh, insist that the owner pays. He'll have to pay, we'll say, Chatzinezek. Uh, uh, because of the the idea that it's uh, it's ain't dark it's something unusual, and uh, Rashi gets into uh, here when he presents this, he mentions a number of principles that are that are uh, cited in Maseches Bavakama, but for our purposes, you're dealing with an, a type of damage that's unusual, and in, in expecting a person to pay that for that to compensate for that, that falls into the realm of Knas. It's not Momon. And as a result of it being classified as Knas Velo Magvinon Bebovel. We will not be able to collect, to charge the offender to force him to pay that. The reason for that is that uh, judgments concerning Knas payments must be overseen by judges that received formal licensing for that. That's called smicha. And in Bovel, smicha was not granted. Smicha, this formal, say, rabbinic, um, in, in modern terms, they, we, they use the term ordination. We can refer to it, though, in this context as licensing for judging cases of knas. That formal um, smicha was not given, wasn't transmitted from from Rav Talmud in Bovel. Therefore, those cases are not judged in Bovel. You need smuchin in order to judge it, and there is no smicha in Bovel. Avol Zutri, however, if you had, let's say, a cat eating a chick, something small, Urche, who, Umagvi, that's normal, and if uh, the neighbor's cat ate my uh, little chicks, so uh, the uh, the owner of the cat will have to pay, even in Bovel. The e tofas lo mafkinon mine. However, if let us say a victim, uh, let's say someone's sheep was eaten by uh, someone's dog, or someone's large uh, rooster was eaten by someone's cat, and uh, I'm upset that my uh, my rooster was just got consumed by this. Uh, by this, uh, by the neighbor's uh, cat, and I uh, grab compensation. I grab payment from the offender. Lo mafkinon mine. We, the court, will not uh, take that away from him. The, uh, I, my, uh, I think my assumption here is is that when we speak about the the victim grabbing payment. Uh, he'll grab the chatsi nezek, the half damage value. If he grabs it in Bovel, we won't take it away. We won't restore it to the offending party. The E Omar, if the victim says, I realize in Bovel my case cannot be processed, Akbuli Zimnal Eretz Israel, I want to appear in Eretz Israel in, in front of a court to get. Compensation for the damages that you, uh, that your animal uh, caused me, then we will uh, set a uh, a date and we'll set uh, we'll set up that appointment. The e low azil if the offending party uh, doesn't go, he doesn't cooperate. 
then we will put him into excommunication. Rashi says, Whether the, the Nizak wants to go to Eretz Yisrael, or even if he doesn't, he's willing to, let's say, forego uh, any chance of collecting uh, payment. Even in that case, we will put the mazik in Cherem until he gets rid of the animal that is uh, 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 causing these damages. That's Mishamtinon Lei, Damrinon Lei, we excommunicate and we tell him, Solik Hezekoch, get rid of your damaging creature. Rashi says, Mishamtinon Lei, Lamazik, Miho, Larogo, Sukelo, Velasak Hezekoch. He has to kill his dog. How <laughs> politically incorrect that might sound, but the halacha is a stronger factor than. Uh, than uh, political correctness. If you will, he'll have to put his dog to sleep. That might sound a little better to uh, sensitive ears, but that must be done. Well, we cannot tolerate uh, damaging creatures uh, um, uh, uh, walking around in our midst. And this idea of it's based on Rabbi Nosson's teaching, the son of Nosson Omer. From where do we know that a person should not raise a ferocious dog in his home? Nor should he set up a shaky ladder, it's quite dangerous, in his home. The Possek says, Do not place um, literally blood, which would mean something would cause blood to flow, do not have that in your house. So one is expected, and you can see of course the, the Talmudic sensitivity to public safety and how far we, we go in trying to ensure that. And you can see with that we uh, conclude the third parak of Ksubas and now the Mishnah introducing the fourth parak. Narosh Nispatata, a girl uh, that was seduced by Shosa of Gomo Knosso Shalavia. The father of the girl uh, is entitled to collect the Boshes payment, the payment for the embarrassment, the depreciation value, and the Knas, the 50 Shekel Kesef. All those payments, they go to the father. Vatsar Betfusa. The word Tfusa is a word based on the, a word found in the Chumash, but for our purposes it means a rape case. That in the case of rape, a Tsar payment is also made. In addition to Boishas and Pagam and the Knas, there's also Tsar, but that's only in the case of the Anusa. That Tsar payment is not made in the case of Mefuta. This is information we have learned already. We have a double underline marking to highlight uh, the expression Omda um, Badin. You'll see how we uh, use that in the uh, in the course of the Mishnah. Omda Badin, the uh, case was brought to court Ad Shelo Meisav while the father was still alive. 
These payments go to the father. The uh, once the father dies, since the case was tried uh, when the father was alive, and uh, the court ruled that payment must be made, but until the payment was made, the father died. So, the uh, obligation to pay is then, or the payment is then made to the brothers. So, uh, in, ter- in halachic terms, we say that since there was Amoda Bedin, the father was Zoche, the father is said to have um, acquired it, even though it wasn't put into his pocket, but the uh, the court ruling is uh, is tantamount to the father receiving the money, and things that the father owned are then inherited upon his demise, inherited by his sons. If the case was not brought to the court in the father's lifetime, rather the, the father died before the case of the seduction was tried, and then it's it's tried. Harei Hain shall at The girl herself will collect the payments. On the bedin at bogra, a case of seduction was brought to court before the girl uh, reached twelve and a half years of age. Harei Hain shall av. The payments are made to the father. May soav, if the father dies, harei hein shalachim. As we said before, the the hamoda bedin, the appearance in court, uh, and the courts will say the court's decision is tantamount to having the father acquire the payment, even though physically he didn't put it into his pocket yet. He died, so the the children, the sons, are able to inherit. Um, we didn't mention this before, but as far as the laws of inheritance are concerned, a, fa- a man's sons inherit, uh, not his daughters. There are other provisions that are made for female uh, uh, descendants, but uh, not uh, not basic inheritance. Of course, when there are brothers that are present. So uh, the uh, Mishnah goes on. Lo, his speaker, the case wasn't brought to the court, the case of the seduction wasn't brought to court uh, while she was still in Arab, but rather it was, it, it, things were delayed until she, she crossed the 12 and a half age mark. She became a Bulgaris. The payment, when made, then will be paid to her. Rabbi Shimon Oimer Imlo Hispiko Ligvois Ad Shemei Soav. Now here we dash to the word Ligvos. Ligvos means the actual collection. If there wasn't actual physical collection by the father, but rather collection was not made until the father died, so in terms of order of events, there was 
The father was alive for the Hamada Badin and for the court's ruling, but the father didn't collect the money physically. He first died. And then payment is, to, is, is made according to Rib Shimon Hare Hain Shal Atzma. The girl will collect it. And not, it won't be considered, it's not considered inheritance for, the, uh, for her brothers, for her father's sons to inherit. So you see a machlokis tanoim, at what point does uh, owed money become some, something subject to inheritance, to being inherited? We continue at the top of Membeis Omer Aleph. Maisa Yodel Metziasa, income that the girl produced while her father was alive. That's Maisa Yodel. And Metziasa, items she finds. Afapisha even if she didn't actually collect the, the wages that were due to her. Meisoav, and the father died before the daughter collected those wages. Her brothers inherit that amount. The uh, Rashi on the second line from the top says, Once uh, her uh, work production is done, it's come to the world, the father is said to in, uh, uh, become the owner of it. He he uh, has the rights to it. Velo domi le knas. It's not similar to the knas payment. The lo havi momonat sheomad bedin veiduhu. A knas payment doesn't become momon until there's a court appearance and there's testimony over the matter. Because when it comes to knas, it's a type of thing that if the perpetrator himself, if the offender himself would confess to it, it wouldn't be paid at all. The Gemara. My Komashmolon. What is this Mishnah revealing that I don't know already? Tanina, we've learned this elsewhere. The Adaf Lamites, the Tanaic source, said... Hamifate, we saw the Mishnah on Lamites. Hamifate, noisein shloishet varvoynis arba. The seducer pays three kinds of payment, and the rapist adds one more. Hamifate, noisein boishes ubgamu knas. The seducer pays those three kinds of payment. Moisif olav oynes shenoisinus atzar. The rapist adds a tsar payment as well. So what does that's exactly what our Mishnah says, but we've already learned this, so we don't have uh, redundancy or replicate, replicate Mishnayas. The Gemara answers, The fact that the money is paid to her father, not that there exist the payments, but to whom is the money paid, that's what our Mishnah reveals. The Gemara asks, as far as the money being paid to a father, that's also obvious. From the fact that a seducer is expected to pay. You would think that the payment goes to the girl. Why should a seducer pay anything? She was willing. She agreed. She yielded to his 
to his seduction. Why should he have to pay to something she agreed to do? So, uh, the idea that the father is the receiver of the payments, that's obvious from the fact that a mafata pays anything. The Gemara, so what does our Mishnah reveal? What's the point of having our Mishnah? Answer, Omdo bedin verabonan. The Mishnah introduces the, uh, the, the factor of having uh, appeared in court where they the case was tried, and then the father died. Who receives the payment at that point? That was a machlokis Rib Shimon and Rabbonon, and that's what our Mishnah revealed. According to the Rabbonon, in that case, the brothers inherit the payment. And according to Rib Shimon, it's not considered mamon until the father would have actually collected it. And I don't think we emphasized this enough before we made we saw Rashi point out in the in, amongst the payments that we're talking about we're also talking about the knas and uh, the knas is not considered mamon until a certain point in time we saw this in Rashi and we can say it now as well the knas and the other payments as well it's not like the maisiyadayim maisiyadayim we said that once she does it it becomes like the father's. But as far as these other payments are concerned, certainly the knas payment, it's not considered something subject to inheritance until a certain later point in time. Not as a, not as a result of the action having taken place, but either Hamad Vidin, according to the Rabbonan, or actual collection, according to Rebbe Shimon. So that is the point of having our Mishnah. To, uh, to feature that machlokis.